Valiant, Amani, Track. There goes your uh, theme music right there. Hey. <laughs> Whatever the hell that was. You know what I'm saying? Roti and Poutine, we are in the building. I'll do a proper intro in a second. Let me just link all these things up to back to where we were. Zoom, excuse me, I didn't want to put them on blast like that because I love them, but here we are. Uh, just tapped out on me right at the <laughs> at the one minute mark. So here we are. So let me just <laughs> let me just pull all the songs the back into a playlist. I'm yelling all loud. Back into the playlist. Let me see what we got here. Oh man, it's gonna do a whole thing. Oh dang. Flourish just sent me something sweet. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds but it's very theatrical. Sound. Here we go. Here we go. Bing Speaks in the house. Subconscious in the house. Yeah, say hi to everybody real quick while we load back in, man. I apologize. It's not my fault. Technology just don't like me sometimes. It's so wrong. The computer. Totally not me. I swear, man, we had this thing. Yo, you have no idea. You know what pisses me off the most about this whole situation? Mm -hmm. I spent all day <laughs> configuring Aww. everything. I had everything set up. The intro was on tight. I got new hotkeys. I spent all this time, and technology was just like, yeah, nah, we're not doing that. That's cool. <laughs> cool, cool story, bro. Yeah, bro. Right. Like, well done. It, it would not really be routine oh, unless it was that way. Unless it messed up, right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, that's what we're doing. Big up everybody in the chat. Uh, let me just make sure this is where it needs to be, and we will be done. Let's put that right there. And we're going to pretend like none of this happened. And I got shit saying update complete. Ain't nobody asked for all that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, look at my frame rate. What is happening, bro? <laughs> what is going on? All right, hold Hotel, on. ATL, what's going down? Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Everybody loading in, Monty. We got, we got to go. We loaded in. We <laughs> yeah, good. The frame rate I, is definitely yeah. It's, yeah, I'm looking at glitchtastic. Like two frames per second. <laughs> this bitch. Hold oh, on. Oh, is that slow to you guys? Damn. It's all right. It's on my catching side. up now. There we go. We catching up. Oh, I had to close with oh. that. A little better. Okay. It's getting there. It's getting there. Code pig. Chill out with all the emojis, man. I didn't put that filter on. They're about to hit us with the Bob Ross in the middle. Oh, here they go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Screw it. You can hear us, right? Everybody loud and clear. And it's show. Everybody, audio's good. Right. Bink said the audio's good. And I trust that right. man on audio right. issues. No so, says exactly. Say less. We're going to get on like this. Big up, everybody. Welcome back to Roti and Poutine. My name is MC Armani Rain. That is the track MC. That is the Valiant MC. And we are in for a very, very special guest. Super mega producer, super dad, everybody's favorite homeboy, my partner in crime, and one of my favorite people on the planet, the number one Nick Wheeler, who is also known as Bro Safari. Oh, boy, What's hello, good? Hello. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. How are you, guy? How I'm you great. Been? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you, you got yeah, the yeah, long yeah. hair and Good. stuff. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm What's going on? I'm hiding it. I'm hiding well, it. Well, pleasure <laughs> to meet you for the first time as well. You know, first, you too, first huh? time. Oh. So, you know. yep, yep, yep. I feel bad all that time. Honestly, keeping around, him, keeping you to himself, you know. So you know, we got. Yeah, we gotta he does that. That's not mad. Wait, before we go any further, I gotta point out you've got a hype level one hype train going on your channel, and you haven't acknowledged one of these. Oh, I'm yet. so sorry, hype train, big up. What's going on, Look man? Oh, shout out to Cold Pig. Shout out, who else is in here, man? Uh, Cold Pig, subscribe, Kali. What's good, man? All the people just sitting there, subs. I appreciate you. Just, you. just uh, all the subs, all the subs. You're not gonna thank Safari for the sub. Oh, I didn't see who did I it. I saw it. I saw uh, it. I, didn't I was see the first sub. Damn. See, I gotta scroll down. Strong's in the building was good. <laughs> Bro Safari has subscribed. I appreciate you. Thank you, Bro Safari. Whoever you are out there, I appreciate the sub. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yo, we go, if you go. if you having a good time, you know what I'm saying? Like the channel, follow, hit the notification button. <laughs> All right, man, we back here. Word? You just gonna leave? We are off to a yeah, fantastic dude. start. This is, just, this is the best show this is ever the best, right now. Best episode <laughs> we have done yet. It's just oh, going. No. 
Uh, Coach said uh, you were uh, the master sub. Well, first right. and foremost, man, how are you doing? I'm gonna start with Monty. Let us know how your day was going. How you how you keeping? No, you got a little drink in your hand. Start, uh, this is just water. Hey, uh, oh. let's start with the guest, man. <laughs> how are you? Water. How, how, <laughs> 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 Philly, Philly, Philly vibes. Schuylkill punch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, no. Bro, bro, how is how are you? Let's start with you. I'm We're good. Man. About, I'm all good. I'm good. I mean, I, I don't want to ramble on about. I'm I'm doing great. It's fine. You're just here to talk, I, but it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling great. Um, Family good. Everything's good. Family's good. I'm nice good. Yeah. Shout out to the misses and the little one and all the little peoples you yeah. got in the house, the pets yeah, and all that. Some of them are probably Elliot, watching. one of my favorite uh, little people on the planet. Hey. The missus is also one of my favorite little people on the planet. I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, how are you, Track? How you been? How was your week? Man, I'm just mad that I just realized that uh, all that good thing I've been doing over the last couple months, and today I feel officially fat, bro. Aww. So uh, I got to get back on my thing, man. I fell off. I talk fell to off this life. man. Wait, wrong way. Talk, talk to this. <laughs> I'm Which only man? Well, that man right there? Yeah, that, that man's been doing like 7,000 steps a day. Who started? Did the wife get you on that or you just thought it was your own? I'm going to say it's your wife because she's one of my favorite people on the planet, so I'm just going to assume that she motivates you. You're talking you to, to me? Your, yeah, I'm talking to you. No, that was 100% me. It, no, 100% me. I, right. Yeah. I mean, well, well, we're going to say it was you. It was me. <laughs> no. It was me. Believe me. I, I'm surprised she's not in the chat. But, um, oh, just no, wait. I, yeah, like, I, like, I don't know how quickly we want to jump into this quarantine situation in right. me, but like, go ahead. Have I spent I, I spent like a solid four months just like drinking and eating pizza and just oh. like getting fat and yeah. and then yeah. about two months ago I had a point where I just like I had had enough mm. and every in the last two months it's just been nothing but like diet and exercise every day. It's been great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nice. for me, it was, uh, I'll be honest, I literally hadn't ate bread in a long time until we got quarantined. And bread and butter was like the best yep. thing on earth. Out of control yes. is yeah. word, bro. Eating that shit in the corner yeah. with a hoodie on. Like, oh, don't bother me. <laughs> bro. Don't bother me, bro. Don't bother. Yeah, yo. So, yeah. you know, I fluffed up, man. I fluffed up a little bit here. Yeah. You know, I look good. Everybody did. No, I did too. I did. How about Everybody. you, Valiant? How about you, Valiant? How was your how was I think your I put on how was my week? Yeah, I don't want to know how much weight. I mean I you know, if that's what you I put on a lot. Okay, but it's coming off. <laughs> this I lost week a few. Alright. Uh, yeah, so, uh, no, my week is all right. Um, you know, it's kind of like Groundhog Day, though. Oh, is really? It? Well, yeah, man, it's, you know, it's, it's not back to study work yet, and it's, okay. things are so weird. And, Wait know, a minute, how is, how is that, your, your area, like, the whole part of My world? immediate area is pretty good. Okay. Uh, Toronto is still having its issues, but I'm far enough from Toronto that it doesn't really affect me. Okay. All right. Um, but Canada in general is doing a little bit better, but they're <laughs> going to stage better. three, uh, which means that things are going to start opening for like, you know, restaurants for people to eat inside and oh, pubs nice. Nice. and stuff. Well, nice. Yeah, but no, not nice. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see in about We're going to see. Exactly. We're going to see that spike. I know it's going to happen. But if you got to stage three, you would say that they believe that the numbers are low enough to sort of yeah but the thing is that it doesn't mean there's not any there's this there's, there's still new cases people happening. get i'm not comfortable tests, i'm not comfortable until there's no new cases facts none i'm the same way like, not none i don't know i know it's easier stuff than go not. up here wait let me let me is this you see that <laughs> i don't want yeah that, is that, that a heat map that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah all right you that's that's the I'm staying we are. staying right. home the stay at home. Right? <laughs> You're gonna be fine. Hey, hey uh, little red dots this, there. This, I don't this think is the way I, I this is the way it should have worked out. They should have shut the country down completely. I mean completely, and tested every single person. Now easiest something done. I understand this, <laughs> but Canada only has like 35 million people. That's it. Oh, New York. Yeah, basically. Canada's right. California, I think it has like 40. <laughs> 45 million. So, uh, you know. John said it last week, I forget. Anyway, we missed that. We missed that. All right, well, it's not happening. 
was some new measures. Trump's wearing a mask now, so everything's going to be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. We do this every time now. I like to knock it out of the way. I know you're dieting now, so it's probably nuts and berries. But what is your bucket list food? What is your your green mile meal? If you were going to die tomorrow, what what are we cooking for you today, bro? Do you got to um, include dessert. Um, dessert included. Valiant's I, on a dessert cake. I know. I it's bad. I, I, I'm not into sweets. Um, but oh man, I gotta stop talking to you now. I mean, diet or not, I just I don't know. I mean, I I, I eat them, but um, I think. Like ramen in Japan, like mm. from the stores, like yeah. All right, yeah. Ramen. That's like pasta in Italy. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's number two totally for me. So there we go. <laughs> All right, Valiant tracks drinking something. Valiant, what's your what's your food for the week? My food for the week. Like you said it, like uh, I don't like you don't know the questions coming. I, well, I, I'm I'm thrown off now. I'm sorry. I, I kind of uh, forget the nature of the question because we do food questions now. We track you to yours. Different than mine. Well, we do right. ours every week. Right? We can't say our bucket list yeah, food yeah. every week. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, tra- so you ask track first. I'll, okay, uh, come back to me. Uh, so oh, I, I plan on flying to Japan to eat some ramen now. Just, <laughs> just piggyback a little bit. I had amazing. Uh, yeah, I know. Shouts to Cat Ellis. She was up in the kitchen. We made an amazing fried rice with all kinds of vegetables and madness inside of it. it. Was that's pretty much what was good today. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm very, good. I'm content. Very. I'm content. Good, good. <laughs> what about I'll, you, I'll, Bonnie? What I'll you give Val- I'll give Valiant some more time. <laughs> and uh, it's Thursday, so I felt in the spirit, and I want to say I got some Jamaican food, so I had some chicken curry with the roti, some mm. cabbage, oh, some you rice and peas. Yeah, son. Gang, gang, because you, you know what I mean? <laughs> on brand. Time, on brand. Sure. You feel me? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm promoting even when I'm not promoting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think the best thing I had all week was, uh, and it's going to sound real basic, but tempura sweet potato. Okay, no, I like this. Good. Oh, good. Man. And good. the place I get it from is like they slice it real thin, and it, oh man, it is. Yeah, that was good. I did have some plantains. I see. I see you in the chat code. I had some plantains too. Uh, shout out MJ, who's moderating once again tonight. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate you. Also, his favorite meal is anything because he's been intermittent fasting. So we just combined two topics into one for him. Oh, that's um, about uh, Bryzine in the chat right now. Yeah, I was about to say shout outs to Peaceful Entertainment. Yeah, all right. Showing a little love, my nice. brother. It's a whole lot you know of gang, gang. Hey, uh, since we're on the, the place, yeah. yeah, right. Since we're on the subject of food, I do want to shout out to everybody who's in ATL right now. And it, I love how all these things tie together. Right now, if you look at your screen, my homie Dan Brown is having an Oki, Onikuma ramen pop up, which Ooh. ends uh, Sunday. There we go. So if you, <laughs> yeah, if Perfect. you've never had Dan Brown's food, he is a phenomenal chef. He's been absolutely crushing it. So he's got a pop up. If you look right there, you can go to Facebook, uh, Onikuma ATL. His Instagram. You can place the order. It needs to be in by Saturday at 8 p.m. and then you can pick it up on Sunday at 6 p.m. So take a look uh, at the screen, screenshot take, it, yeah. take it with your phone, do whatever you got to do, or hit me up and I will send you the link again. But I ain't anyway. going front, man. I'm mad at everybody in ATL right now. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you're not I'll in take ATL, you, you, you right there. Yeah, yeah man. So the gluten free, the wifey got uh, <laughs> it's actually zucchini noodles they use for all the gluten free people uh-huh. out there. All yeah, right. super dope, super dope. Anyway, he's a beast in the kitchen. Everybody knows that you see MJ in the chat right now going crazy. So I shout out to that Daikon man. bacon, man. Yeah, man. This, this, this is it's serious. It's serious. Anyway, so yeah, shout out Dan Brown. Um, also, he's teaming up with Bone Lick Atlanta, who uh, makes some fantastic barbecue there, right next to the Music Room, which is a legendary venue here in Atlanta. Uh, we've what did thrown, that used to be? We thrown Music shows. I thought it was always music. Right? You know, you're, you're, you're pure. I don't Atlanta, know. Bro. It's, I mean, that was a long time ago. Hey, I'm I, left, saying, it, you I left Atlanta a long time ago. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, as long as I've been here, it's been music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's actually where Access throws a bunch of his shows. We had LTJ Bookham there. We had Flight there um, down in the basement of Speakeasy. We've had the Billionaire Bass Brawl there. We had nice. LTJ Bookham there. Right. Um, so shout out to Music Room, Bone Lick, and Dan Brown. So, yeah, it's because we got it, you know. Gotta rip no, it. Nightlife on site. We're trying to get there. We all positive about it. So we just going to make sure we get to the finish line some way, somehow. I'm dying to go back to ATL and hang out with the peeps out there. You know what I mean? So Yeah, um, man. Can't wait to waiting. get y'all back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> good times. Good times. Good times. So, Nick, what yeah. you been up to, man? Look, you are um, another one. We spoke to 12 Planet last week. Right. I spoke to Atlanta last week, and what was really cool about having 12th on is the same reason we have, uh, it was good to have you on one, because you're the super homie and I wanted to have you on, but uh, mainly because you are another person who I was excited to bring in that has transitioned, I don't even want to say transition because you still do both, someone who has gone from drum and bass, like proper drum and bass <laughs> with evil intent, what, what is going on, you all right? I know I'm supposed to act like it didn't happen. That's a professional thing. We just going to pretend. <laughs> like, we want to make sure just, you all right, dog. That's bro, all. Yeah, I'm saying we want to make sure you're okay. Are you okay? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you are one of the people who's transitioned from drum and bass to dubstep to trap and become right. one of the bass pioneers out there. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your humble beginnings. Yeah, and uh, how this all came about. You were originally with Evil Intent. How did that come along? Oof. All right. I mean, all right. If you so, were a tree. No, I'm just like, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try to just shrink this down here. Um, For sure. So out of high school, you know, I grew up playing in punk bands and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, out of high school, I went to school in Alabama. And... I just didn't have anybody to play anymore with like in terms of like playing in a band or anything like that so uh from there i you know i went to a party i saw a diesel boy actually he's the, the first shout out Danny. Day i saw yeah that was probably like 97 i think 98 uh in birmingham alabama instantly was hooked and uh i met gigantor Shortly afterwards, Shouts to in, yep. yeah, I met him shortly afterwards in Alabama, and he showed me the ropes on production and stuff like that. Yeah, he's and a then beast. From the, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the time, like he, it was so advanced compared to like anybody else that I knew <laughs> that did anything. Like, you know, whether it was like the punk scene or because you know, I'd recorded albums before that, like in other people's studios, but like his his setup and this and his understanding of how to track music in general. Um, anyway, so yeah, I met Gigantor, he showed me the ropes and we started Evil Intent in probably like 98, 99. And- um, you Oh know, man, that's a while ago, woo. Yeah, yeah, that was the beginning of Evil Intent right there. And then we met AJ, who's now goes, who goes- uh, Treasure, Treasure Fingers. Fingers. Shout yeah. out the homie, ATL yeah, out. Sure. 100%. Um, we met him and we brought him into the fold and we just became Evil Intent because at first it was Evil Intent Records um, and it was, you know, Nick and Gigantor was what we went by. So anyway, yeah, we brought AJ in and just started Evil Intent from there and I think our first actual proper release was like 2000, 20 years ago. It was wow. fucking crazy. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's weird, so isn't crazy. it? Say that out loud. <laughs> but yeah, like 20 something years ago. That's about when, where I got into the drum and bass thing. Sheesh. Yeah, was I mean, drum and bass he, the first uh, uh, like, sort of thing, your, the entrance to electronic, electronic music? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I, I okay. actually, I didn't, I didn't like electronic music at all, you know, before that. I was kind of anti-electronic music, to be honest. Um, because I always thought it was like, doom, doom, doom. and at the time, you know, being like in a punk band, yeah, yeah. I didn't, like that was the worst possible thing. Like, all I wanted was noise <laughs> and speed and just like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, well, no, it was. I mean, it was like that with hip hop too, because like I had a bunch right. of hip hop heads who were like, dude, what are you, what are you doing in here? And I'm like, yeah, yeah you don't understand. They're like, yeah, right. I don't. You right? You're like, Marty, oh, I didn't know you like techno, bro. <laughs> oh, techno. Oh, bro. I was the techno <laughs> MC for yeah, I don't know how long. Everything was techno. We Every, called yeah. it. Techno. Techno, yo. Yeah, it was just yeah. techno. If I didn't yeah. know what it was, it was just techno. 
But I mean, anyway, he, yeah. So I mean, that 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 was it. Yeah, that was my that was my intro. Was drum and bass again? Diesel Boy, one hundred. And I've I've said this like you know I've done interviews over the years or whatever, and I've always made it a point to give credit to him because he changed my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, you know, straight Sick. up. And 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 even outside of seeing him um, perform for you know the first person, first DJ that I like connected with. Even outside of that, it left the club that night. Like you know, his his mix CDs, all that. Him, AK twelve hundred, DJ Dara. It, honestly, oh. American drum and you know, like I didn't discover UK drum and bass till after US drum and bass. And this was in right. a time period where, you know, US drum and bass was tiny. You know, to be honest, there was like Funkatech yeah. crew in San Francisco. Yeah. We had Concrete Jungle in New York. We had, uh, like, you know, basically it was very. It, it was all small pockets. Mm. And then, um, so then I, I stumbled onto like this whole world of drum and bass after that. And then jungle, and I discovered jungle and then Raga and all this other shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, while do, you I... Remember, do you remember your, your first like drum and bass or jungle mixtape? Um, I, well, all right. I mean, it, the first thing I think about was being in, uh, I was riding in the car with my friend. Um, he goes by Ricky raw. He, he's in Atlanta. You guys know him. I'm sure Monty knows him at He's least. got a Twitch um, channel on here called Party in the Future for those who want to put, check that out. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I remember, also, I remember, and I've never talked to him about this, but like we've kept up over the years. But uh, I remember being in his car and he was playing this Raga mixtape. And it was just like the hardest shit I'd ever heard in my life. And, you know, again, coming from a punk background, I thought I knew what like hard shit was. Yeah, punk is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, thought yeah. I knew, but like, it just had this crazy vibe and energy to it that I just, it blew me away. Um, so that doesn't necessarily qualify as the first mixtape, but he was playing a mixtape and it, it blew my mind. And then, you know, I, I left that, that hangout session. I was like, what? Like, I got to find more of this shit. So, um, you know, if I had to like, like maybe like 97 octane, Oh, okay. boy. Yeah, I remember that. You know, like I again, like I'm not trying to like prop this dude up on this Uber pedestal. No, no, here, my, but, my, like, my first no. mixtape was honest, boy. Like, yeah, like he, yeah. he was the dawn, man. Like he, no, said, I, he, was, set, was... he set the standard for like how to flawlessly transition songs. Mm, which is, right. you know, I didn't know what DJing was really. I mean, I got it to an extent, but like to see it executed so flawlessly, um, right. He had amazing. a presence no, with yeah. the set. He spoke. No, it was Diesel. It was the same it was thing for me, man. Yeah, right. it was more than just a presence too. He's a very technical DJ. Like he, right. he's super on point, and right. not for nothing. I mean, you know, we all talk about the dominance of, uh, not dominance. Excuse me. The 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 integral part the Philadelphia scene had, and Platinum was a part of that, and he was the head honcho yeah. there. Like he was, right. he was the face of that. Like Planet of the Drums. Like you're when he went out with yeah. with Jamesonian. Like Damien, I've also defended him even after those days because of the plain simple fact that that man spent. Buku money making those mixtapes. He would call up the movie guy who did all the sound, like, and do these Peter crazy. Collin, right? Peter Collins do all these crazy I mean, intros that. for free. Like, <laughs> you know, that, like, yeah. like six eleven. Yeah. Like, I mean, Monty, you from Philly? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, the six eleven mix was another one. I mean, it, it's kind of hand in hand with the ninety seven octane. I mean, for um, me, it was. It goes back to you know because I live in Buffalo, and he this right. back when he was in Pittsburgh, and he came up in ninety five, and. I remember the first time I heard it, and I didn't get it. It was this big armory rave, and I was and he played, and I was like, I don't know about this. And very, I think it was like a few weeks after that, and I heard Witness of Strength, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Right. And that tape, I mean, I wore the shit out of that tape. That, yeah, and there's yeah, another yeah. tape. Um, there's two tapes by Starchild, uh, yeah. when he still lived in Pittsburgh. And like uh, one was jazz excursions and the other was simple pleasures. And through, through those three tapes, it was like this, like every sound and drone bass at the time. Mm. And like, I just wore those tapes out. Yeah. Like it just completely changed my musical outlook yeah. completely. Yeah. I haven't found anything since then. Like nothing. No. There, I, no. I, look, I've loved tons of genres of music since then, but nothing will ever capture like what I felt when I first heard drum and bass, nothing, no. nothing. No. And I, I don't see anything taking that over because I think that a lot of it was like the magic of youth, you know, um, just kind of like, you know, just 
uh, uh, hearing something new for the first time that just didn't make sense to me, but I loved it. <laughs> right? No, uh, I, I still feel that way, man. It's like I I love I love the I love hip hop. I love I love R&B. I love all kinds of music, and it's apparent that we keep dabbing in all these different styles. But there's something about drum and bass. Just for me, it's it's different for everyone. For me, at this point, uh, in the beginning, it was just a melting pot of different sounds from all over the place that could be thrown in whatever now the science that goes into creating drum and bass is is mind-boggling to me that's right. and that's what i fell in love with now that i it's be, i've always told people it's an acquired taste and once you get that taste once you sip yeah. that fine champagne it's a you can't go back to you know uh, what i mean you can appreciate real quick, real quick monty to say your mic is a little hot all right i'll turn me down yeah, just, just so you know. I just like I'm being sorry out. to break it up. No, yeah. that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, picking up on, I was just picking being... up on, what you, <laughs> on what you were just saying right there, though, like, I feel like other genres, like, have kind of caught up to that. Because, you know, you said the science that goes into a drum and bass track, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was doing that then in the 90s. Way back in yeah. the day, yeah. You know what I mean? But now I feel like dubstep, um, other genres, I, I, I don't want to like say dubstep in particular, but it's the first, like there is this, like this crazy science and I feel like there's a connection to be made between what's happening now, you know, with dubstep and like these kind of more advanced bass music genres and what was happening back then. I'm not sure how to make that connection completely. I, I have a, I have a question that I think will do this and I know it's a question that the two of them want to ask and it's a I've been I've been teasing this moment for the last 4 weeks or so, last 4 episodes. We have had numerous conversations about the the change in, from drum and bass to dubstep. What that moment was sonically, um, how you feel about it, you've got a very different outlook everyone talks about the economy and things in 9-11 and yada 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 but there's sonically what was the moment to you that that changed this whole game sonically yeah we talk about pendulum like the and... transition okay let's make sure i get the question so i mean okay i mean for me i would take it back to whatever influenced ed rush and optical in the late 90s all right so like let's start there because they would need to answer this question for me and that could i don't i don't yeah. you know i'm not exactly <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure that their influences were the just the people just before them just like every every other music producer right? for sure like, you know you're maybe not every but you know what i'm saying like so let's start with ed rush and optical is my point right so let's start with ed rush and optical and, and move forward who did they influence that that made a huge impact in dance music as a whole pendulum mm -hmm. probably noisia probably 100 percent. 100 percent. there's no problem yeah. so i guess what i'm getting at is you know like though pendulum and noisia alone were they made such an impact on drum and bass and it's easy to say that now but like at the time like the first time i heard vault by pendulum and not just me, like every everybody, Everyone. anybody who was around at that time that heard Vault, it it blew our our fucking minds. Like there was nothing like it ever that we had heard within drum and bass. Not just musically, but sonically. Like it took like Bad Company, Ed Rush and Optical, and it flipped it on its head and gave it this like weird personality. And the sound design was out mm. of this fucking world. Mm. Um, and then after them came Noisia, who we you know. I don't need to say yeah. anything about that. Right. Yeah. So, okay, now keep moving past that. And, like, who did who did they influence? Like, you know, Skrillex. Let's just start with Skrillex because, you know, he's, it, one of his huge influences was Noisia and Skrillex. What did that lead to? You know what? And you can follow the rabbit hole here and you can follow totally. the thread for as long as you want. But I guess my point is, is I personally feel that all modern day sound design within you know, bass music, dubstep, whatever it is, trap even, like all sorts of different genres, it stems from Ed Rush and Optical. And, mm. and it stems from whoever influenced 
at Russian obstacle before them. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? You fall on a lot of one thousand percent. What kind of what kind of trap are we talking about? Are we talking about the, the, dirty I'm southern even, trap? Or are we talking about talk, like, no, no. I was talking about like EDM, EDM trap. trap. But okay, I, okay, I, okay. Look, that's an afterthought. That's, <laughs> that's an a whole other conversation. Let's drop the trap thing. Let's drop the let's drop the trap thing because that that was just no. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Point being is, I think my main point is that like. And let's let's jump back to pendulum real quick. Um, this the the concept of a mix down back then was like, okay, I got to mix the track down and get it out. But they took it and they ran with it and they made Scientific. a rock and roll mix down. Like you know, Rob mm -hmm. Swire, like the the head engineer of Pendulum, like that guy is he's a genius and he yeah. had so much experience beforehand you know engineering rock music which by the way just to stop real quick shout out gigantor because that's where his background was as well they had this like comprehensive understanding of how to take a snare drum and make it hit you over the fucking head mm. you know they want the kick drum to hit you in the chest yeah, and, and that's, realized... that's actually that's actually the thing i recognize immediately is almost and i i don't mean this by the way as as a um as a diss, I actually mean it. I, I identified uh -huh. the sound right away, but <laughs> like their drums were mixed down the way, like yeah. white snakes, the way white snakes drums were. Yeah, like absolutely. The, the, that yes. snare was like a fucking cannon. There was a lot of compression right. on it, but at the right. same time, it brought it like to the fore of the mix. Yep. Everything was like really forward, and then if you contrast that with like the nine from Bad Company, which is like right. technically speaking, was really rough. Totally. Um, but it was one of those it was like it was like this big sea change and like the dynamics of yeah. like what drums like, like once we yeah. go into that like then then <clears throat> then we start getting into like vibe versus mix and that's a whole other conversation that's a whole for sure <laughs> for sure you know, and, and i think there's validity in both like and i think the perfect song is a oh blending for sure is a blending but of the two absolutely never nevertheless like just to kind of close out the thought i, I think what my point is is just like you know if pendulum hadn't reinvented the snare drum and drum and bass or the kick drum and drum or the mix down there would be no skrillex there wouldn't be anything that came afterwards because they changed the game period i remember listening to thoughts. the vault i remember the first like the for the first little bit when that was out thinking to myself this sounds different this is like I didn't know how to put the. It was funny at the time. The first time I said something, I was like, "This sounds like it belongs on Monday Night Football." And mm. when I said it, it sounded like I was trying to say this is poppy commercial, whatever. But I was like, "No, this has a different appeal to it and a clean, clean sonic sound that we've not heard before." Because, like you said, vibe versus mix down. A lot of it was the vibe, is the the grunginess of it, the dirtiness of the mix sounded fucking right. sick. When drum and bass was too clean, sometimes it sounded like shit. So. They had a fine way to make a clean mix down that still hit hard and it was and just the like music was good yeah yeah the, the music was good the mix was good it was a controversial tune and what's crazy to me is that that tune was controversial because it had a swing step oh a clown step yeah clown step <laughs> yeah it's insane to me by today's standards that that was controversial you know what i mean like <laughs> things have gotten so crazy now like you can get away with so much but the only reason you can get away with so much is because they took that risk back then mm. and that's what i'm get kind of getting at is like you know what i mean well, like but i don't see the all right so like back to ed russian optical right. like golden time hard as a mofo unforeseen meteor that struck everybody on the western side of the world especially you know canada was crazy about it right, right. um i'm trying i'm thinking like if we're talking about like a sound esque sound desk they had i always felt that there was this uh if I can explain it right, like this 80s slam that was updated within what was going on afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm trying to find a good example of it, but there's like a certain thing that that when it was explained, like uh, like when it when it came out, that it was just like you heard it, but it was a it hit you even harder. Um, right. If I could figure something, I'm sorry, guys. I'm blanking. No, you good. What was the figure of the white? You know what I mean. Another part I, to me, me too is I'm sorry if to cut you off uh -huh. real quick, and then we'll go. 
no, another no, no, part. No, it was also around a similar time when drum and bass in America was going through a, a bit of a change because things yeah. got really hard and really dark and and that was our fault. <laughs> not, not our fault. Not, not, not. <laughs> I mean, we got a little bit dark and a little bit. Yeah. I don't feel like yeah. you guys went too dark. <laughs> well, you, you were, did a little you bit. were. But I mean, there were much. Look, at the end of the day, I that and I had thing, this conversation. I had a conversation with this track earlier. Is I loved all drum. I've traveled with Bookham. I've traveled with Dylan. So like, there's no. Right. There were times right, Dylan right. be like, "You're the only person who understands me, understand my set," and it's because it was just amen breaks literally all over the place. Right. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. when that became the standard. Uh, that's when Pendulum kind of came in and gave you that same vibe, but made right. it dance floor. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it was just as hard. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, impact. Like that, yeah, I mean, that. That's the thing about the mix sound. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna finish this thought. But no, like, no, it's all right. what I'm talking about, I guess. I guess. I guess what I'm getting at is just like <laughs> the evolution of the mix down. You know, that was never. That was. It was an afterthought in in the past. I mean, you know, drum and bass was the first genre, in my opinion to take it sorry first genre within edm or sorry electronic dance music at the time because it was not edm <laughs> um, but you know what i mean it was the first genre in dance music that i feel like really took pride in the mix down right and they uh, took Dude, you can't say that. Well, Speak on what it. else right. before? What else before like the the late nineties took right. pride in the mixdowns? Yo, I, New York. That's all I'm I mean, if you listen to like the time I mean, years of like house and tech house, right? And, like, deep techno and stuff like that. Right. Mixdowns were serious business. But the problem is though, is like, a lot of it was like a, was more. <laughs> you, you weren't including like bass, snare, drums. I mean, like like drum and bass was actually very rock advanced in that sense. Like, well, I mean, I mean, it was it was almost like in 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 many ways it was like basic, in in the the, the fact that you took like a full drum kit, right, within like the composition of a drum bass tune. There was right. like hats, bass, snare, other percussion. In techno, you had like one kick, and right. like the but to say that like mix down wasn't important, I I disagree. That's I mean, not mix what down I'm was saying. important. That it is got what I more said. advanced maybe under drum bass. That's yeah. That's what okay. that's what I said. Okay. That's what he's yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. They, so I'm saying like it was the first genre to take it and move it to the next level and to oh, take okay. it seriously in, in regards. Yeah, like you're right, 100%, because when you're not working with a full drum kit, like you said, because that's actually a really good point, because the introduction of the snare drum, like the, the, the progression of engineering in terms of snares, like look at look at like look around online and type in like producer meme. Mm -hmm. on on google and it's going to be about a snare drum <laughs> your snare sounds like <laughs> shit bro yeah. yeah you know what i mean and that 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 wasn't a thing until kind of like pendulum yeah you know what yeah. i mean and then noisia took it and and they and, you know that that's my point it's like you can if you take a step back and you've seen it happen you can see this this thing just kind of like a, a straight line you can connect it and connect everything and i I believe the origins yeah. of that too is is is, is <laughs> none of us can talk today. Is basically ingrained <laughs> in the DNA of drum and bass. It's just like how the thing even started from taking samples and stretching them out to belief right. and like twisting them in all different ways with analog sounds. It's like I don't think anyone outside of maybe sampled hip hop took that as seriously as drum and bass did, which you know to me is just the UK cousin of hip hop in the first place. Right. So what, it's pretty you much they say the same. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. It's not a hot take. We're just keeping it a buck. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I don't think those two genres themselves took that type of, of manipulation to a higher degree. And I think drum and bass actually took it, you know, 10 levels farther, to be perfectly honest. With I agree. You. Yeah, um, I think sampling, sound design everything i guess what i'm getting at is like drum and bass to me has always been a genre that it's it's just it stands apart from all the other ones within the electronic realm and that's drum. not i'm not trying to take away from any other genre at all they'll tell you like, yeah well, do you have any house heads who i've met and they're like dude yeah, i don't know exactly. how you guys do that that shit's crazy yeah and you're like, I think yeah drum, we know drum even like all... very crude drum and bass like you know mm. if you go to like 90 94, 95, 96, into tech step in particular, mm. like the tech step era, like it was so crude and it sounds like shit. 
But the, that's that's by today's standards. At the time, it was mind blowing. It was right, blowing, right. and we just wanted everything loud and <clears throat> screechy. That part of the era, I believe, and I, we wanted, and actually, we wanted it a bit dirty. So we wanted a little bit right. of static and a little right, bit of right, scratch right. in there. Everyone and the always okay was like, "What the hell are you guys doing to our music?" <laughs> I, feel, I feel like the I feel like the nerd <laughs> factor in drum and bass has always uh-huh. been much higher than any other genre. Agreed. For like, sure. Agreed. We, yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah. Who's like, denying I, that, I, though? <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying. I'm proud of that shit. Shout out Dogs on Acid. I think, like, the nerd factor, I think, like, dubplate culture, like, advancing things as fast as it did, all led to that. And then when digital became much more viable in terms of production, it was only a matter of time before people right. like Pendulum came along yep. and said, hey, we're going to elevate this to, like, rocket science yep. and made it yep. sound just completely different. Like, you couldn't mix uh, a Pendulum tune on vinyl uh, into, you know, out of a tune from, like, three or four years beforehand without there being a huge difference in you had to compl- you had to know yeah. what you were doing for there to be a seamless mix because it just sounded quieter flatter like it was just it was Sonics. a whole thing yeah we were fighting with digital at that time a lot of people wanted an analog sound True. within True. The, within the, within the music and then some people found a proper medium i don't know how they did it but there was a few out there that just found a way to just balance enough warmth with enough pop right and, um that's still kind of like the goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I know for, I mean, for, per, you know, I'm only speaking personally, but I mean, that's uh-huh. something I'm, you know, you're, I'm always going to be dealing with digital interfaces. Everything's going to be digital in my life from moving forward. There's, you know, so trying to retain that kind of analog sound is, it's a goal. Yeah. And I think most, most producers that have been around for a while, like they recognize how powerful analog can, can be in terms of production. So it's definitely uh- like a, a never ending quest. For someone who's who works with you regularly, um, right. I, I think one of the like craziest things I say to you sometimes is like, "What did you did you actually play that?" And you're like, "Nah, I did it all in the computer." And that's like a huge thing to me. It's like something you made in the computer that sounds so right. uh, organic. You know what I mean? So it's it's just it's crazy, and it's uh, it's something I think all all producers should strive for, and it's not easy to do. I mean, I hold you in high regard because you can. There are plenty who try, but that's not necessarily how it goes. Um, another thing I like to say, uh, flipping back to the saying that you guys played really dark music, uh, I didn't take it as too. Dark. You have to remember, like a lot of those tunes at the time, like Correct Cops, uh, Corrupt Cops, and uh, Street Knowledge. You know what I mean? Like those were like pivotal moments, and not just that, but you guys took those tunes and you came with an image with it as well like um even down to the ludicrous projects and things like that you guys had a whole motif right. uh, you know shout out to mayhem and like all the cats out there that just like like mayhem. put a really like a different vibe and came with your own sound it was almost like um i don't know if it was necessary like a a movement because a lot of you were based out of the south maybe like i don't i mean i think it was a <laughs> like a a bunch of influences i mean first of all you know evil intent was a trio right Right. so there's a lot of influences that are going into that melting pot right there and we happen to share the same influences for the most part but um you know aj treasure fingers he was he happened to be this really good with manipulating audio in soundforge Mm. which was the program we were using to do glitches at the time Mm. so he kind of led led us into that era of evil intent of like really glitchy shit and then i kind of like learned it from him and so did gigantor obviously and um i i think that has a lot to do with it you know what i mean like we uh-huh. like just just the, the shift in sound was down to influences like apex twin um square pusher like all these idm artists that they were they were doing jungle at 200 bpm with glitchy crazy snares and brr, 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 and we loved it and we were like we can we it wasn't a conscious decision of let's let's make drum and bass that does that it was just just, let's just do this because (laughs) we love it you know what i mean it worked i think i think the amen drum kit was just the the go-to for us i just like (laughs) like, if you don't like amens like what the hell I, I don't know. Like we don't have much to talk about. <laughs> like that—that's the, the the drum greatest of all time. Dude, period. There's like, like it transcends ever. drum and bass. There's yeah. a whole documentary coming. Out I can't wait to see. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man! So talk about the Luda. How did the Luda Christ Project come about? Because that was ah. people ah. back there. It's in the chat, and I've been around too long enough to know that there yeah, are still a, many people asking about it. There's a whole lot of Luda Christ going on in the yeah. chats right now. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I I think first and foremost, I should say Luda Christ was the most fun I've ever had mm. making music. Period. Um, mm. And I say making music like mixing music is more what I should say because we weren't I mean we did do our own production on top of everything both um, mixes that we released but I call them mixes and they were actually 60 minute productions you know uh, what I mean like we are I wish that I still had the Ableton files for that so I could just show you a screenshot I mean it was an hour of just madness you know we'd have one <laughs> We'd have one like 80s song right here and then like 50 layers of other random things happening underneath it and then it would go on to one minute track two track three. <laughs> it was just that for 60 minutes straight um anyway how did it come about is that i think i i had um so the first ludicrous release was called bang fest mm. the first two minutes of that mix is just something i kind of threw together and then Jake Kill the Noise, also known as E1 in the drum and bass game, he um he was visiting in LA. He hadn't moved to LA yet at that point. And he was just like, This is cool, blah blah blah. We'd start talking about turning it into something more. And that was it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> once Jake got involved in it, like he just took you know, anybody who knows E1. Jake, I was gonna say shout noise, out Kill the Noise, yeah. He's a fucking genius. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Fight. it doesn't take Tenfold. it doesn't take much. If he likes something, he's going to run with it and he's going to do it better than me, period. You know, he's like, he's better than me. Like, say that. He's, he's such a great producer, musician, and he's so smart in the way he, and thoughtful in the way that. I was going to say, and a nice guy. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, thoughtful in the way that he puts his music together. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't settle ever. Like, you will never, he'll never settle for something until it's, this is what I want. And that's like you know that's admirable um so that's i mean that's how it started you know like we just pitched a couple files back and forth and that was it and then we made bang fest the first mix and it did well and then the next one we worked we the next the next release we did after that was definitely more involved in terms of um like the production aspect like we really went in on that shit <laughs> like, big time i'm sorry i'm just I'm reading the comments and people are losing their minds. Yeah. In there. They're trying to they're trying to they're trying to trying to coax another another one out of you guys. Yeah. And he and I have talked about it many times about doing another one. But the problem is lack of material. And granted, ten years has passed, I think, probably since our last release. Um, there's plenty of material, but the thing about Ludacris is that we kept reaching back to like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then fusing mm. it with modern music. But it's like we kind of ran out of 60s, 70s, 80s, Thanks. 90s, 2000s music to, wow. to match. At the end of the day, yes, we could come up with a new mix. Um, we're just we every time it's come up, we, we try to figure out what would it be? You know, like, are we trying to make original music? I don't like you yeah, see what really I mean. There's, there's a yeah. bit of a dilemma I get it. because it's like what you know. Jake is doing "Kill the Noise." I was doing "Bro Safari" hardcore, so it was kind of like, how do we carve out time to do something that's basically like just for fun? You know what I mean? And in retrospect, now like we had those conversations a couple years ago. In retrospect, now I would say, well, because it's fun. Like, why would we not do it? That's right? the only answer I was about to say. Like, right. Yeah, right. <clears throat> but at the time, you know, when you're, you got a tour schedule, you have a release schedule, you have this, you have that. It's kind of hard to be like, all right, well, I'm going to dedicate like six months of work to, <laughs> uh, to making a mashup mix. You know what I mean? Like that, that we don't know what's going to happen. It's going to happen afterwards. But, you know, I, I would love to make more Ludacris. So everybody tell blow up his twitter blow up jake's twitter right now i think if we did more ludicrous it would have to be in the vein of the first Absolutely. stuff we did like there's no point on making our own music like it, that's not the point of ludicrous right it was just kind of like fun and a mashup of everything that, everything yeah. we ever loved yeah yeah right 
Shout out Ash in the chat. <laughs> big up, uh, big up Jake, man. He, I knew him from around Rochester. Was only forty five well, minutes away from Buffalo. Right. I was gonna say because so, you said earlier you lived in Buffalo, and I was gonna yeah. say Rochester. Like so, I like, spent a lot of time eating garbage plates. Up in garbage plates. And by, and by the way, I will say, Jake, back when yes. he used to he used to tag team in the day with Cody, and he, uh, I remember I used to run this little night at a at a sushi bar, and it was like. I think like drum and bass and whatever else. I don't know. And this is like after, long after Screw Up had come out and like you want to have been blowing up as a producer. He still came out and played my stupid little night for like yeah. 50 bucks. And uh, yeah, no, he was always a really good dude. He was the, um, yeah, Jake is the man. Love him. Yeah, yeah for man. sure. Uh, He's one of my favorite people in the world. He's got one of the best Twitters accounts on the planet. Agreed. For sure. So uh, Busta Chops is up in the chats and he asked the biggest question of the night. Uh, so I was not going to ask this question, but here it is. <laughs> What's the significance? You know, of the name? Of the name. Yeah. Tell, um, there's, blow there's, the secret. <laughs> yeah, there, there's... There, you know, like, I Sorry to disappoint, but there's no... Like, I literally... Look, okay. At the time, I was living in Los Angeles. I... Evil Intent was kind of just kind of like, like holding on. Like we weren't getting booked. Electro was getting really popular at the time. Um, Mashup was getting real popular at the time. And I I was writing like glitchy, like right at the beginning of the dubstep movement, basically when everybody was doing like kind of deep 808 and just really like chill, deep dubstep stuff. Um, I liked it, but I wanted to do it glitchy. You know like evil intent style because that's what i was coming out of so i made like four or five songs that were dubstep glitch weirdness and i wanted to start a myspace page for it um I said MySpace. Um, this, this is two weeks in a row right yeah, yeah but i, I, wanted, I wanted to start a myspace page for it and so i needed a name and um i the name bro safari came from um I think Rastafari, Bro Safari, but it didn't happen like that, <laughs> right? It wasn't like, just like a, I looked uh, at a can and it said brother, and, and then I looked at a poster and it says Safari. Literally, I'm not. I shit you not. All right, I shit you not. I was sitting at my computer thinking, like, what the fuck am I? I, I was like, it's a name your MySpace page, and I couldn't figure it out. And I just those that's what came to my head it was Rastafari, Bro Safari, Bro Safari, Safari, and I typed it out and I clicked Enter. accept, <laughs> Enter, and then I started my MySpace page, and then I reached out to a graphic designer and he made the logo of the Bro Safari face. Oh um, wow! <laughs> and then he sent it to me, and I used it, and then Drew Best from uh, everybody knows Drew Smog. from Smog. Shout out Smog. Smog was throwing shows, and they wanted to book me to play a show, and I was like, all right. Um, there you go. I here's my logo. And then that was then I'm la I'm laughing my ass off because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've toured with this fool for years now and right. his question comes up every time and the interviewer is always mad disappointed. <laughs> like you know, there's oh, okay. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. I think it's great. I think it's the best. I mean that's it. That's it's that simple. I just you know, I needed the best at the best moment. shit often comes comes without thinking. So right. yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know. My name's Armani yeah. Rain. You're, you're inherently a genius, Nick. <laughs> right. There we go. I'll take it. <laughs> um, you you said when you used oh, to make music for Bro Safari. Dion is trying to leave he us as much as possible today. Ladies. I don't know that, what's going that, on. That answer was not <laughs> He was like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way you came up with the name? I'm out. Um... All right, so let's talk about Bro Safari and the future of Bro Safari, what you're doing right now, because I know you put out a very beautiful video explaining you were exploring different options. But before we get to there, um, you t on the tail end of Bro Safari, you worked on a fantastic project with um, UFO called Clockwork. And I know the significance of that and what that album meant to you to the both of you uh and i was wondering if you wanted to talk about that and 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 what's going oh, on with Bro Safari right now um because well, they well, kind of tie into each other in yeah? terms of clockwork um look at the end of the day like clockwork for me i was really proud of that record 
and it didn't do very well. Um, it didn't do well in terms of what other people expected, I think, right? Um, Ed, Ed, UFO, and I had done an album beforehand, Animal, which did great. Um, but this one didn't perform as well. And at the time, I was not in the mental space to deal with disappointment. Mm. Like, if I'm just being, like, real about it. Like, and, you know, a lackluster, like, feeling in general behind it kind of, like, set me back. And I was like, all right, I need to take a breather here. Um, not to get all, like, fucking... No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't... I left the violin in the, in the back. So. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think what it is, like, there's a lot more to it, though, at the same time. You know, like, I, I spent... Like, Monty, you were with me, man. Like, Absolutely. We, we spent so many years on the road just grinding, and I wasn't Every really night. working on much music because it took over my life. Sure. Yeah. You know? Like, I just the grind of travel... I had no energy to make music. I had no inspiration mm. to make music. I just couldn't. And you know, everybody's different. Um, but for me, sorry guys, I I think I just hit a point with with Clockwork where I was so proud of it, and I was like, this is different. This doesn't sound like anything anybody else has been putting out. But nobody seemed to give a shit, and that's fine. And I accept it, especially now. I'm I'm totally fine with it now. But at the moment, it kind of like it it hurt like on a personal level in a little bit. Um, so that's kind of what started me, you know, started with me like deciding to take a step back. It wasn't the fact that it wasn't well received. It was the fact that I just, I mean, I, I sunk so much effort into a release and it didn't feel like it mattered. <laughs> oh. You know, you know like, I mean? so here's, 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 and if you don't <laughs> mind me interjecting here, but here's the thing I'm going to talk about two separate points you just put on and the reason why we got along the reason why we became such a brotherhood on stage off stage you know what I mean you're my fucking brother and you know that and it'll you know for that's friendship shit as far as a working relationship between DJ and MC you might not know how many times behind closed doors I would explain to people how much you put into a DJ set. I was like, Nick's not just going up there and mixing tunes and little drops in here. Like, this man spends weeks on basically reproducing every track <laughs> on that we play right. it's not right. like there's a tune here and a tune there he's cut he takes pieces from everybody has them send them you put so much time and effort into every single one of those sets and it showed like we went ham i've made we, we used to make the jokes all the time my, my wife would be like you guys are basically doing workouts on stage like when we first started <laughs> like working right. together we literally just told people hey, like today's this is today's workout like we would literally yeah. go so hard we we both decided to stop wearing jeans we were like we're only wearing tennis sneakers <laughs> from like, now on yeah, and yeah, like yeah. like workout clothes because yeah. the intent was we're going to punch you in the mouth from the second it starts to the second we leave and no one understands how much time and effort went into that and it we did that over yeah. and over and over and like you poured that and it was taking you away so then when you come back and you've got to pour that into another set and you don't have time to work on music and you had to take a step back to do that so then when you finally sat down and made this clockwork album which for anyone in the chat who hasn't listened to that album um the fact that it had wasn't well received is mind-boggling me to me and the it is one of the most sonically advanced cohesive projects in edm sorry and electronic music I've heard in a long time. And I don't, you can say I'm fucking biased or whatever you want to do, but if you go listen to it and not snippets of it, a song is cool, this song is cool, that people love ET Fingers, people love Numb, listen to it from beginning to end, the same way you would listen to Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City. It's a fucking movie. And like, we, it was, it was amazing how many respected producers that I know listened to that album and was like this is the greatest thing i've ever heard and it was that's it tripped us all out when it didn't get the critical acclaim or whatever of the public for whatever reason I, I, partly because i think most people were expecting more trap 
like like bro safari bro safari stuff right. and this was like so many other levels above that like it was just it it I don't know man. Uh, I, I only all I can say is just go listen to it from beginning to end and yeah, like sit down and experience it you know I, I want to say that that's something I think within the uh, with with all artists in general that uh, when you have like like when you come up with like these hits and they become hits mm. it is pretty much in the, in the machine of business to keep that same kind of identity flowing and then you want to do something like it's been plenty of times where I thought records that I've done on stage was like Arr! and then you do it and you put and then everybody's just like alright that's cool what yeah and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then there's this one tune that you may not really even give a care about and the whole room is on fire yeah, and and it, you know, I wanted, I just wanted to say that because I, I'm in the club, guys. And we're I all, just, we're all artists. That's the thing is, we're not here for, we're not here for cookie cutter bullshit. Right, right, right. I wanted to say that it doesn't take away from the effort, for and, sure, and the and the and the, uh, the energy and the creativity that was put into it, because what happens is eventually people catch on down the line. It just down the line yeah. sucks that's kind of what i was going to say is that you know like like i i don't want to harp on the fact that it wasn't well received right. like by standards at the time because no it wasn't but i don't i'm fine with that now you know at the time though that's like i'm yeah. just, i want to make sure that i signify that like it was it was a it was a moment in time for me and now we're years past it so now i look back and i'm I, i'm nothing but proud of it and i know that People will go listen to it at some point. Like every day, there's somebody out there that probably stumbles across yep. it, right? And that's all that matters now. That's all that matters, right? It's but it's uh, a. I know it's a stretch, man. But look, Paul's boutique was was trashed when it came right, out. Right, it right. Sold right, 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 right. shit for the longest time. Yeah, and yes. most people consider it their best album. So. Yeah, agree. Agree. You know, hi, obviously, hi, I hindsight can be a real. Yeah. yeah, hindsight yeah. is a real gift, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's just at the moment, just kind of, I don't know, it threw me off. And I think it, but again, it was indicative of more problems that were like building over time. Like you said, Monty, like the, you know, we were playing so much. Like it was, it, was, it became a point where it was just like, come on, like this is, this is brutal. Like I'm not ever sleeping and I'm, and you know, and I'm not saying that to complain or whatever, but like, no, we were point, having a like, blast <laughs> while honest, we were like, playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, you know, it's the 22 hours that surround that set that, that, that always sucks for a DJ and a, you know, MC or whoever's traveling and, and touring and shit. Yamani, right? How you kept that voice together, man. Oh, I don't even. Years of Whew. cigarettes and. Let me, ask, let, me ask, I, I, let me ask. Let me ask you a question, Monty. Who's kidding? Of of all the shows that we play together, like, what is your your takeaway? What if 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, we we played how many, so many shows together. Like for you, what is the one thing that stands out to you? Whether it's a moment or just a feeling that you take from it. Sorry, that, no, 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 no. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, a, a, it's a big question. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Um, you know, I, I, two things. Like, if I had to turn this camera off and like speak to you in the sense that we haven't spoken before because we're just friends and no friends don't normally talk about this shit, but like, I learned a lot from you. I learned a lot about how to conduct myself going through these sets i learned about the time and effort we put into the sets i always considered myself a student of the game of whatever genre and dj i was emceeing for and learning that dj and finding their their um, tendencies to do things and all that but we took it in my opinion to another level and we did it day in and day out with Aunt compromise and i think i learned the most thing, the biggest thing out of that is that you can be treated in a certain way as well. I've spoken very highly about how much you've taken care of me in a time that I needed it the most. So the bro safari sets for me, like 
we joked all the time as people were like, yo, man, like, you, you know, MJ says it all the time. It's like, oh, man, he's part of Bro Safari. And I would joke and I say, we're all Bro Safari because that's how you made everyone feel. From everybody in your scumbags chat to you know, people who love you, who respect you as a person, your production as a father that you would consistently, like, consistently put online with showing your son and your family. Like, that shit's different. And it, we, we put that on stage. We brought Elliot on stage. There was a different right. vibe to everything we did. And we poured our fucking hearts out every single time to the bitter end. Whether there were 600 or 10,000 people there, it didn't matter, dude. Like, we put everything we right. had in those. Shout out Mike Brady, who was on the road with us on right. a regular basis. It Shout was a different Brady. type of camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? Like, a real family vibe that I will mm. never forget. Yeah. And... I just I appreciate it. So bigger than just a, a my, musical moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's yeah. like what I love said. you, dude. We talk all the time. Like yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about it, man. Because like I, you know, I was thinking about that from my perspective, like coming onto the podcast. Um, what is a moment for me that just like stands out? And I realized that there wasn't one moment. There wasn't one show. Even though I could name some shows, oh, we could that were great. A few, yeah. But what it was for me is like, you know, like every time in, that we would play a set, um, you and I would always lock up beforehand and look each other in the eye and dab each other up, fucking do our little secret handshakes. And that, like, to me, is like, it, that, that's what I took from the whole Bro Safari experience, honestly. It's just like this, like, like, exactly what you point out, the camaraderie of it. Like touring and just like kind of, you know, it kind of transcends music a little bit, I guess. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like and that's totally off topic of what we're talking about. But No, no. It was funny I because did. in the beginning, sorry, in the no, beginning, no, no. in the beginning, like, I've respected you so much as a person. When we first got, when we first got involved, my whole thing was like, I want to make sure that I continue to carry the torch that my homie Sharpness had beforehand to keep that level of like, you know what I'm saying? To make sure that this runs smooth. And that was my main concern. But then when we got into it and like, I really saw how things were going and you're right. It was a ritual thing with us. Like we take two shots yeah. of fireball every single time. Like we go outside, <laughs> we do the dap. We'd like, I have the stretch. I have videos of ass from Phoenix making fun of me. Cause like, it was like, that was our, right, it was right. a thing. It was religion to us. You know what I mean? It's like, even when we were like, and we took it seriously. Like if one thing, little thing went wrong, we both were pissed for the rest of the night. Like, like it ruined the whole day. Was like, like the transition from like getting old to just being old. Like, I'm, I'm just an old man now. I'm just like, all right, whatever. And you know, that transition so... phase is like, yeah, yeah. 